You're listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. Each week, we talk to people just like you who share stories of God's faithfulness. Well, I got to know, do you know what you're doing for the holidays this year? It's a pretty common question, right? Because the holidays are seen as a season of love, joy, and togetherness. But this isn't always the case for everyone. For some, one of the most potentially challenging things about the holidays is having to be away from your spouse or family, especially if you actually want to spend time together but can't because of work, distance, college, money, obligations, or some other reason. Whether it's your personal choice or you find yourself emotionally or physically distanced from family and friends, being apart is hard this time of year, which is why I sat down with Lance and Ashley Houston to talk about their last two Christmases, which they spent apart due to military deployments. Y'all, there's a lot of good nuggets in this conversation about embracing unexpected seasons, leaning on your faith and community in challenging seasons, as well as creative ways to make the time apart special or even finding new ways to celebrate Christmas traditions. So maybe this year is going to look different for you than most, but there is still an invitation for us within the discomfort and distance. So let's get to it. Hello, everybody. I'm so excited to have friends with me in the podcast studio today. I have Lance and Ashley Houston. Welcome, guys. Hey, Sarah. How are you? Thanks for having us. I am doing great. I'm so excited that you're both here. Y'all have been, man, longtime friends of Jeffrey and I, and so we're just so thankful to to know you guys and uh, to be able to have this amazing conversation with y'all because um, this topic, I know, is close to your heart. You're living it. You have lived it, and I'm excited to be able to introduce it here in a moment. But before I dive into the topic for today. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourselves, about family, kids, uh, how long have you been at Beltway, just that kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. Um, So for me, uh, I started going to Beltway in August of 1998. Um, Since then, I was kind of grow up here at the church here at Beltway and uh, ended up going to college, um, entering here, uh, went on staff for a few years, and then ended up going into the military. So, yeah, that's a little bit about where we're at. What yeah. do you do in the military? And, yeah, fly B1s. So I'm awesome. in our operational test squadron out here. Very cool. Yeah. And we have four kids, uh-huh. um, ages 10, 6, 4, and 1. Um, and I joined him at Beltway when we were engaged. So, like, our fifth year of college, uh, I joined him over at Beltway. So awesome. kind of been around since then. But you grew up around the Abilene area, too. I did. Yes, grew up around here, lived out in Buffalo Gap, Mm -hmm. grew up at church out there. Very good. Yeah. And and you've been at Beltway, you you both been at Beltway kind of on and off because Mm -hmm. of the military. You've been away and you've come home. Can y'all tell us about that story, about what that's looked like? Yeah. So back in uh, July of 2013, we left Beltway and uh, got in the military. Uh, From there, we kind of went and uh, did some school uh, for officer training school and then ended up going to flight school out in Pensacola, Florida. Uh, we were there for about 18 months. Uh, fortunately, uh, dropped the B-1, which means uh, we got selected to fly it, uh-huh. which was awesome. Got to come back here to Abilene for about uh, about nine eight, months. eight, nine months yeah. uh, for flight school. And then we went up to South Dakota uh, for about five and a half years prior to coming back here about a year and a half ago. Awesome. Well, very good. Well, I'm so excited to show up back in Abilene for now, at least. Um, But the reason why I wanted to have you on is because we are approaching the holidays very, very quickly. And for many families, um, the holidays are such, they're such an exciting time full of family time and joy and excitement. But for others, it can be, it can be hard because of separation, because 
of people not being able to be close with one another or having unexpected situations occur to where you're not going to be able to be with one another around the holidays. And it's hard. I can't even imagine the difficulty in in that. And so I know that y'all had one of those seasons mm-hmm. this last year. Um, and I'd love for y'all to kind of paint the picture of what that looked like for y'all. How do you got the news? What What was the transition like? Where were you in life at that moment? Well, how did we get the news, Lance? Yeah, so uh, it was uh, about two weeks before Thanksgiving. I uh, got called into my boss's office, and he was like, hey, man, um, unfortunately got tasked with a uh, five-month deployment, a six, five- to six-month deployment, and uh, you're leaving in two weeks. So wow. it was, uh, yeah, like Quick. I said, two weeks prior to uh, Thanksgiving, and uh, ended up uh, uh, delaying that, and we left uh, mid-December. But uh, you know, it was still very quick, uh, short notice. Uh, before uh, the holidays had hit. And the year prior to that, I had about a one-day notice that we were leaving um, two weeks prior to Christmas. So it was kind of the past couple of Christmases that we were... So it's been two Christmases in a row. Yeah, with, wow. uh, with short-notice deployments, but yeah. That, that's not typical. Very, yeah. very, very non, yeah. non-standard, but it was one of those where it just kind of hit us. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you. Thank you for choosing that and for doing it. Uh, with a happy heart, because I know <laughs> I know it's hard, but you did it. And um, I know that there is a wealth of wisdom and things stored up within each one of you that I cannot wait for us to unpack. And so let's just dive into um, what our topic is for today. I'd love to know, um, you know, we, we mentioned how it, this particular deployment part of the reasons why it was a little bit more difficult. Could y'all go into that just a level deeper of why it was difficult? We mentioned it a few moments ago. Um, well, it was difficult. Uh, we moved here just maybe like four months prior to getting the news that... Uh, from South Dakota. From South Dakota, yes. So we, uh, I mean, five and a half years of our life was in South Dakota. So you have to picture what our kids mm-hmm. knew was South Dakota. So moving down here, even though we were, Lance and I are from here, and we would come back and visit here, the kids didn't know life yeah. here. So we were still trying to get settled in to life as we knew it here. Um, and when we got the news, um, we still didn't have at that point even like life group established Mm -hmm. within us like before all the other deployments like that was like number one thing Mm -hmm. um but because it was coming on the hills of just moving here we were still trying to get settled in the house um just all the twos we had a like about a five-month-old baby at the time wow so really moving from south dakota we had a baby and just turned right around and started packing up. We moved when she was two months old. So everything just kind of seemed like a whirlwind. Um, and so like preparing for the season of deployment when it sprung on you, like we were just in kind of like flat or flat fight mode because there was all these to-dos. Like we had just gotten chickens. <laughs> and I was like, Lance, what are we going to do with these chickens? You have to build a coop. Like that has to be done. So like all his time was spent yeah. doing this when before when we have time to know, it's like no, we can be spending quality time together. Um, and so the quality time for that was just kind of unexpected. But what we had to do in order to mentally and physically prepare was we just had to remind ourselves 
of the Lord's faithfulness in previous times That's of being good. separated. Mm-hmm. So we just had to recount how He was good and how we knew that He would show us the measure of grace that we needed it when that time came, even though it just seemed completely unexpected and we couldn't quite wrap our mind around Him leaving at this time. Yeah. What are some ways in which y'all were able to make it through in this last deployment when it was unexpected, you just moved here, you're trying, like you mentioned, to establish a life here, even though y'all had had a life here before, mm-hmm. but it looked very different. Earlier, you yes. mentioned people are in, other people that you even have relationship with are in different seasons. And um, your kid, you know, you went away with how many children and came back with? We went away with one. Okay. Came back with four. There you go. Yes. So there's just, in that, there's even a lot of change. So in what ways did or have y'all been able to uh, know, like, these are the things that we want and we have to have in place in order to to make it through difficult seasons when we're apart? You want to start? All right. So um, I think some of the biggest things um, in preparing uh, and getting ready uh, that we kind of did for this one was was really, even though that we were on the back, almost on our heels of trying to establish community, establish those things, uh, we were like, all right, hey, right now, let's focus on this, this, and this. Like she said, you know, building a chicken coop, getting some things around the house, prepared a lot more of the physical aspects because that, those things had to happen for me to be able to leave. Right. So a lot of it was focused too much on the physical realm where mm-hmm. – we were kind of, like I said, we were on our heels in preparing for where we needed to be community-wise, where we needed to be with the church, where we needed to be with even our own family uh, that was here as well. So from a preparation standpoint, we were definitely playing catch-up the entire way. Oh, for sure. Um, especially because like, since we only had so much notice, uh, like I said, we focused on the physical, not as much on the spiritual, which really got us behind in mm-hmm. terms of where we needed to be uh, leading up to a, a long deployment like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To make, In order to go back to your question, too, to reiterate, like, how do we make it through? Like, I think we just finally had to get it going. And then I had time to think because sure. we got all the physical preparation out of the way. And then it was, like I said before, like, Okay, Lord, I trust and know that you're going to give me the measure of grace that I need in this season, and now is when I'm calling on that. Um, and I I knew that in the previous times of separation, like the Lord in your discomfort and in the hard times, it's always an invitation. The distance is always an invitation and an opportunity for growth. And so, like I've welcomed that because I was able to taste His goodness through these same particular seasons. So even though the timing of it was not at all what we were expecting or anticipating, once we could finally like rip the Band-Aid off and, hey, you're out the door, let's go, then my mind could shift to, okay, what has the Lord done before? And I could kind of then start thinking from a spiritual perspective of how He would work and move Mm. and recounting those good times that we had while we were separated. Mm -hmm. How did y'all... I mean, you can answer this together or individually. How did y'all lean into that faith piece personally when it comes to, you know, the Lord says, you, you've mentioned even before about um, he's going to give us the grace. He's mm-hmm. going to, he, he's shown himself faithful before, but 
there are things that we do in order to lean on our faith in seasons that are difficult. And I'd love for y'all to, to go a level deeper there of what you might have done in that time to be able to lean into what you know is true. For me, it's a little different because I am leaving with, um, in previous ones, I was leaving with a, a group of people that I was very familiar with. Uh, this deployment was a little different because I was by myself. I was I was going out there with a very small team of humans that I'd never met before until I'm in the Middle East with these uh, group of dudes. So it was very, very difficult in terms of me being able to rely heavily upon the friends, the relationships, the faith-based people that I like being around. Yeah, your community. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what we typically have. But on this one, it was significantly different because it was me and a small team of dudes. So from a faith perspective, I relied very heavily upon um, texting and uh, keeping in touch with friends, family back home in comparison to what I normally had done uh, because it was definitely a different um, group in comparison to what I've done in the past. So therefore, relying heavily upon personal faith uh, and also the relationships that have already been established back home. Mm -hmm. So this one was a little different because I felt like I was relying a lot more upon community back home. Mm -hmm. And then from a personal faith perspective, uh, just being able to get on my face, get on uh, the floor while I was there and just, all right, Lord, I need you. And I felt like that was the biggest piece for this one of, all right, you are kind of almost on an island and in that being able to be like, all right, Lord, I need you. And Mm -hmm. being able to totally put my utter reliance upon him. So I can, I'm hearing that your prayer life is what like go into that secret place and telling the Lord, I cannot do this apart from you. I'm not with my family. And like, tell me about those types of prayers that you prayed on behalf of your family, on behalf of just even yourself while you were, um, and you know, not used to the deployment in and of itself with a smaller group of guys. Um, tell me about what it looked like for your prayer life in that season. Yeah, so during during a you know normal time while we were out there, we I had I had the time, so I had the ability to be able to you know close up in my room, being able to shut off the lights, and just being able, all right, Lord, get on the floor and just go, you know, literally petition. Um, during this one, there were several things that had happened back here at home also, uh, with Ash and the kids and stuff like that, that really just, it made it harder because one, we weren't established back here. So some of those times it was like, all right, who I call, how do we, you know, get help and stuff like that, uh, which we were able to based off of past, uh, relationships and things like that. But it was utterly like, all right, the Lord really kind of just came forward and said, Hey. Mm-hmm. I'm enough. And that's where I was just like, all right. So being able to really just go after him, go after the father's heart of understanding that he is enough. And I felt like that was the thing that I grasped that yes, community and a lot of the things that I had relied upon so heavily, he was like, I am enough for you. And mm-hmm. that's where I grasped the understanding of whenever I felt like I was by myself, whenever I felt like I was on that island it was, I am here, I am there for you. So mm-hmm. that was definitely one of those where in this season, I relied a lot more on just understanding the concept of I am enough. Yeah. And that was definitely one of those that uh, during that season definitely played the most mm-hmm. on my heart. For me, I, I kind of had to have a little like lens shift because I could choose to operate out of everything I was feeling 
Yeah. Like, this is sudden. This was unexpected. I have four kids now, a baby. I'm it's home- Christmas. Yeah. It's Christmas. I homeschool. Hey, do I ever get breaks from these kids? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I could shift, like, I could think about all the negatives, or I could shift to, like, hey, in this vulnerable state of me who likes to plan things out, like, I just had to be in a moment of surrender. Hmm. Like, this is hard for me, Lord, but I want what you have for us. I don't want my plans. And you knew way before we did, like, this was a surprise to us, but it was absolutely not a surprise to you. And we even felt like, like we were telling ourselves before this, like, the Lord handpicked you. Like, we don't know why this is happening now, but He handpicked you to do this specific assignment. And so we're going to roll with it, and we're going to trust Him. So it's just activating for me, like, a level of trust in a vulnerable state when I like to plan and be in control. Sure. Um, that was hard and difficult, but it lends way to growth, which is always good. Oh, Yeah. Hard, yeah, but hard. Good. <laughs> well, it's in those places of foundational faith mm-hmm. where the Lord establishes a really good root system. Yeah. And it's where the good stuff is. Yeah. It's hard. It is so hard, but it's where the good stuff is. Yes. And so, true. man, um, you've talked about community. You've talked about having five years of community in mm-hmm. uh, up north when mm-hmm. you before you move back down here. Um, and then having to basically reestablish new community. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd love for y'all to go into what role did your new community here play in that season? And how did you, how did that group of community grow over time? Yeah. Well, for me, I went with, like I said, we weren't quite established within life group community. So I, I went with the community I was around. And as I said, I homeschool the kids. So we are part of a homeschool community group and we meet once a week. And those moms and families out there really did an amazing job about just asking asking me what need to be done, how are you doing? Um, they wrote letters of encouragement to me. Mm. Um, they even sent care packages to Lance. Um, they uh, wrote little scripture cards, like personalized scripture cards, and sent one to Lance and one to myself. So That's like, sweet. And she has it in her hand right now. Yes, like a sweet friend. Like one of them just says, Ashley is fearless because the Lord is the stronghold of her life. And it just keeps on going. Uh, let's see here. Uh, but thanks be to God. He gives Ashley the victory through Jesus Christ. So we had all these scripture references that were personalized. That's sweet. And someone in our community took the time to personalize these, print them out, send one copy to me and one copy to Lance mm. overseas. So just having like tangibles that's sweet. like that um, was really helpful. And yeah. that's how kind of my homeschool community came around us. And they were seeing us day in and day, I mean, every week, once a week mm-hmm. for, I mean, the capacity of that deployment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they really like kind of wrapped their arms around me and made sure tangibly that we were taken care of. I love that. Well, looking into like thinking through other families um, who may be experiencing something very similar around the holidays um, for various reasons. It doesn't necessarily have to be because of the military. Um, It could be because their college student can't come home or or 
it is, this person is a college student and they can't go home. Um, what advice would you give to people uh, in regards to community? Where do they go? How can they find? How important is it? Lance, you said something earlier that I want you to to say here while while we're recording. Like it's you got to be ferocious. Will you go into that? Yeah. So exactly that. Um, you know, hashtag life group plug. But um, yeah. <laughs> it's one of those where, yeah, I, I use the word f- being ferocious about going after and diving deep in community. Um, the time is so short. Um, like if we talk about uh, your average military, your average college kid, you're only here for three, four, five years, whatever it might be. Some, co- you know, some college kids a little shorter, some right. military shorter. But if you waste an entire semester, if you waste an entire year, I don't want to say waste, but I mean, you know, more just jumping around, hopping around, doing things like that. Or putting it off. Exactly. Or <laughs> not, putting it off. Not exactly. intentional. And not yeah. being intentional about diving into it, you are going to find yourself halfway down the road and never have gotten plugged in. You're going to lose those possibilities of relationships and things like that. So, um, and that's something that happened with us a little bit. So, I mean, we're, we're we, we are not perfect in this at all. We're still learning. We're still learning because we were um, a little bit at fault on this because we were four or five months in whenever we got the ball, four months in whenever we got the ball dropped on us. So, whenever you have the opportunity, uh, whether it's leading up to the holidays, whatever, uh, whatever it might be, um, you know, we always go into the aspect of Acts chapter two, verse 42 through 47. We, we think about that, about what the Lord, um, does with a large group community, just finding a church, being plugged into the temple, but then going and meeting in people's homes, building a relationship. And then you look at the end of that text and it talks about, he's going to add to the numbers. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we can think about numbers from a numerical standpoint, but also just from a life growth standpoint of what's going to happen inside your own heart. So for us, like I said, we weren't perfect. We screwed up on this, but um, the Lord um, showed us and hopefully will help us down the road so we don't make the same mistakes of whenever we are put into these situations, be ferocious about going after community, whether it's just your large group church, whether it's small group, whatever it might be, finding the community, one within the church, but also the people group that you're called to be around as well. Like for us, this last deployment, um, when, you know, the last question that you alluded to with Ash, like she found that community. Um, whenever things were going a little rocky back here, um, while I was deployed, um, you know, she had, uh, a car battery that died. I called mm-hmm. up the squadron. Boys were over there within within a couple hours. Wow. Um, fixed that. Whenever uh, it came to mowing the lawn, Jeffrey was one of the guys, but then also a couple of our squadron got, um, friends who are also uh, guys here at the church. Got to keep that grass mowed. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you know, it's one yeah. of those where if you are ferocious about jumping into community and developing honest relationships, not just community for the sake of community, because you can have that anywhere. But if you get that life-giving, deep richness of community, that is one, not just, and this isn't just for the sake of making myself feel better because I have friends, but one of those relationships that is life-giving for not just you, but also those around you. Because that's the thing is, is it's not just about us receiving during these times that are hard. Because Mm -hmm. guess what? There's probably other people around us. There are going to be other college kids. There are going to be other military people. They're in the same stage of life. And that is where I feel like the Lord is calling all of us that are not just to receive during that season, but also to give. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's too, it's so true to, to not waste your time 
to get into it. And, and part of that is is fear, probably, like mm-hmm. being afraid to jump in and, and be, being vulnerable and being real and like, are these people going to like, are we going to like these people? Are they going to like us? But yeah. like, you just got to try it and go first, like go first, mm-hmm. ask the question and jump in and see, see what the Lord might do because you just never know who, who your friends might become, especially if you do have more of a transient like lifestyle where you're moving. Or it's a short period of time and you're thinking, well, I'm only going to be here a year. Well, you're going to be here a year. So jump in and be ferocious about finding those people because, you know, when we do life, we do it better when we do it together. Mm -hmm. Like that is, I will go to the grave with that. Like we do life better together. We need one another. God set it up this way from the very beginning. We need one another. Um, So I would love for y'all to give advice into like, Aside from life groups and church, um, y'all mentioned the unique inside world for military families. Could you maybe go a little bit deeper into what it's looked like for your military families to support one another? Not just for you to receive the, the support, like, but just like what you've mentioned. like It is a unique world on the inside of military life. Yeah. And military, they kind of tend to stick together because... You, you automatically understand mm-hmm. what people are going through. Like you're living the same life as them. So I call it my boat people. Like those are the people. That's good. Yeah. That understand what it's like being in that same boat as you. So even in this, and I've always kind of struggled in this part because like that's a people group that isn't always going to fill you up because they might not always be pouring into your life, Jesus. Yeah. But it's still a people group that has to be to be served and loved on. Absolutely. And having that foundation of being able to be relatable to them in life seasons just opens the door uh, to empathize with them and to be able to share. And to be loved, too. Yes, and to be loved. Um, and so we, we always say that military is so quick to, to love people like they do. They have wow. a capacity to love because they realize like they realize our time together is probably short because you or I are going to be moving on pretty quickly. Yeah. And so they, they do have a good uh, awareness of just opening their arms and loving each other and meeting needs. Wow. Which is really awesome. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it was... Jimmy Siebert uh, came up here back in 2011 timeframe-ish to Beltway. And one of the things that he, and this is kind of one of the reasons why I really love uh, and have grown to love so much deeper the people group that we're a part of. But, um, you know, it's who are the the people group that you love being around and that you love and feel called to be around, spend time around? And for me, that's the military. I mean, I love being around uh, military dudes, not just flyers, but also other aspects and people that like doing other occupations, things like that. And whenever you grasp and get around that people group, they're the ones that you're going to be able to understand, build empathy for, and also just be able to relate to the most. Mm-hmm. So I think that was definitely one of those things that drove um, that community uh, desire mm-hmm. during uh, this season as well. Well, let's let's switch gears just a minute. Um, I, I only have a couple more questions, but thinking through and thinking back on the last deployment that was over Christmas, how did y'all, you didn't have a lot of time to prepare, but how did you make it special? How did you still pursue your kids, pursue each other? I would love to hear what that looked like for you guys. Um, 
we were kind of laughing about this question as we were discussing it last night, because as I was recounting some of the things that we did to like pursue each other, the first thing that came up to me, and if you know me, I, I hate using my phone and that drives me <laughs> crazy. He's like, you have this amazing phone that can be used to help your life be easier. And I hate like getting on here and like even doing food orders and things like that. And so I remember calling him like we had just got done with our CC community day. When I say CC, that's the homeschool community we do, classical conversations. So we just got done with our school day and I'm there with them. So me and all four kids are there. And I just remember being worn out and tired and we were leaving and I was on the phone with Lance. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think I don't have any food. I think we're out of groceries. I probably need a grocery shop. And I'm like, I think I really would like Pop Murphy's. But I don't want to take all the four kids in. Like, anyways, I was like, do you think you might could order Papa Murphy's for me from your phone? <laughs> yeah, so from the Middle East, uh, pizza Middle was ordered East. for you. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so just like little things little like things. that. Like, yeah. he would normally do that because he has like, you know, our favorite pizza saved on there. And so it was much easier for him, but it was stressful for me to have to like get on my phone and figure out to do that. Or Load even up walk the kids in with all four up, kids, yeah. like that type of thing. So, you know, he could have blew me off and said, I have full confidence and you can get your own pizza. <laughs> <laughs> but I was just like, thank you for just serving me halfway across the globe and ordering my food. But we were joking about that. And another thing we did, too, um, I read a book, a family book. Um, what was it? What was that book called, Lance? It was Beth Take, Taking Back Your Family. Yeah. yeah. So I read a book and marked it up, highlighted it, made notes in it. And then that was something I sent to him while he was deployed. So it gave us more things to talk about, not just... You know, like, how, how was, was your day? day? Yeah. What did you do today? Like, going deeper. Yeah. yeah. And then he could see all the notes I made. So kind of like where, what That's meant, sweet. what stuck out to me. And so that gave us things to talk about. So that was like one way we pursued each other. And although like FaceTime is amazing, like I can't imagine doing deployments like back in the day when you like hand wrote letters, letters to each other. Yeah. Like, And you'd wait for weeks for yeah. a handwritten like, letter. Like not knowing if it was sent or what. Yeah. Like I'm so thankful for, for FaceTime. But at the same time, it is the most difficult way to connect too, because like when you think about us and our family unit, it's me and four other kids. So there are five of us wanting time with dad when he calls. Mm -hmm. And so that just kind of became hectic and stressful. So we had to learn, well, what can we do? Like, we kind of like set up a system, like when he calls, it's your turn or your turn. Because what we were noticing was like, well, I was the one, I was the last one to get time with mm -hmm. him because all the kids, you know, were just so excited. Um, let's see, what else do we do to pursue, pursue each other? Uh, yeah, so some of the things, uh, gifts, uh, so we did gifts, uh, sent back, you know, uh, fun things from the Middle East. Uh, that was always something fun for the kids. Um, other things that we did, yeah, obviously FaceTime, talking like that. The biggest thing for me was, uh, you know, we'd be, kids would send us pictures. They'd take, you know, a million selfies and send them over, which <laughs> is really annoying on your own phone. But wherever you're, uh, you know, 7,000 miles away, it's kind of like, oh, just more pictures. Uh -huh. So a able to print, printing those off, putting up a, uh, around rooms and stuff like that was definitely something that was really good. The kids drew pictures, which is special. They pro we probably sent a box with just like 100 pictures that Aww. they drew. But another thing that's really important, I feel like, to making it special is like, when Lance would call us, he would be intentional on letting us know, like, who he was around. So he would, like, try to do his best to, like, help us get to know, like, the people he was around. Because that made a difference for That's us sweet. to, like, know, 
like who he's like surrounded with and living with and um which is really special so it's not just us like well we don't really know the world that dad's in and he would send care packages like that had to do with the culture and so we could just get a greater understanding of the people group that he was even submerged in uh, which was really cool the sweetest thing he ever did in pursuing us and our kids, this was not the past deployment, but there was another deployment when it was Oakley's birthday over her deployment, over his deployment. And he got, this is when he had the entire squadron, but he got the entire squadron and they baked cupcakes Aww. and he sent a video. He made a video. And so he showed himself in the middle video. He was like, Hey Oakley, I'm sorry. I'm missing your birthday. Like I just wanted to sing happy birthday to you. And he's holding this lit cupcake and then he like pulls pans the the camera and it's like 15 guys and girls in his squadron and they all have a cupcake and they all sing happy birthday to Oakley and that I'm like that was impressionable like that will go down probably as one of the most memorable memorable birthdays for her and it was over the distance wow over separation again it's an invitation it is it's an invitation to draw closer um, you sometimes have to be a little more creative. Yeah. You know, but you, the Lord like shows you like, That's sweet, like how you can pursue. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hard and it's different, but there are still ways mm-hmm. to pursue and you can still make memories over being apart in the distance. I love that. Well, what did Christmas Day look like for you guys? What did it look like? So, fortunately for me, um, you know, I mean, I'd only been out there for about 10 days um, on this last deployment. And there was um, a gal out there that um, worked with a little bit. Uh, she kind of invited the group of us that were kind of living in the same general area and stuff like that. She was like, hey, we're going to have a bunch of people over for Christmas breakfast. We're going to hang out, enjoy some uh, time, fellowship, food. Uh, and then she went as far as, like, uh, getting us a stocking and, you know, putting, a, putting a bunch of stuff in there. So, um Christmas for me, this last one was a little a little different. Obviously, um, I'd only been out there for about a week and a half, but uh, fortunately, there were some people out there that were really intentional about uh, bringing me into the fold and also just making me feel at home. Mm-hmm. And for for Christmas Day for us, for me, even being a mom with four kids, it's always how can I still make this meaningful and fun. And so we we invited uh, my brother over, and he came, and he spent the night with us, and he helped make the morning memorable. And, of course, we always FaceTime. Lance FaceTimed us when it was – because, you know, we're hours apart. Right. So he would FaceTime us when it was, like, his, his, Christmas, his day. Christmas day. Yeah. And then we would FaceTime him on our Christmas day just so that, you know, he was still sitting in there on the phone, on the Sweet. camera, getting to experience the kids joy mm-hmm. the morning and just we we love uh baking a birthday cake on christmas day and singing happy birthday jesus and so i think we probably even facetimed you and just let you in and share in on that with us too so so again just being a little bit extra creative and how we can still maybe incorporate some of our traditions that help us feel like we're connected mm-hmm. and together even if there's distance for that day or for that season yes yeah, for absolutely. sure all right two more questions what did y'all learn about god in that season of being separated that you didn't know before? Yeah. So for me, the biggest thing was, was just um, realizing that in times of solitude, in times of, I don't want to say the word isolation, because I wasn't isolated by any means, but Mm -hmm. I was definitely Mm -hmm. separated from uh, the normal group Mm -hmm. was just understanding that he's enough. Um, Like that was Mm -hmm. the biggest thing. I think I said it earlier, but uh, grasping that concept of, you know, the Lord is enough. And in that, 
uh, in those seasons where um, I felt like I was, uh, you know, separated um, and alone. Uh, that's, you know, typically the seasons where the enemy is really coming after you the most, coming after you the hardest in terms of like making you feel isolated, making you feel like you're worthless and that you're, you know, that all the lies, all just the your, lies. Yeah. Exactly. So that's where I felt like in this season, I am more than enough and grasping and understanding that truth and then allowing him to utilize that to then talk with my family back home to be able to develop relationships where I was and back home as well uh, during the season apart that made coming back home um, that transition a little more seamless. Mm. Yeah, uh, exactly what you said. And for us, it was just like surrendering to the Lord and saying, timing and seasons belong to you. They are yours. And what may seem like the most inconvenient time or unexpected time for us is actually an opportunity uh, just to lean into His grace and just to be able to see how He will show up and still provide. Mm -hmm. And when I look back at that, I'm like, man, that was faith building. That was faith increasing, increasing because I'm the planner and I couldn't foresee that or plan that. And that threw me into, a, oh, we are doing this no matter what. <laughs> how can I come out of this? Um, not scrambling, but actually having rest and joy. Um, and so it's a wonderful thing just to submit to the Lord's plans because He really does have good plans for you. And it's it's His plans always trump your own. But sometimes it just takes the act of surrender to be able to see that. Mm -hmm. Because when you're just vying for control, then that never leads to rest and joy in Him. Mm -hmm. It's good. Well, what advice this is the last question I'm going to ask y'all today? Um, what advice would you give people who are going to be apart during the holidays? And I'm thinking about, like we mentioned earlier, college students who might be a sea away from their families or family members who literally live like one lives on the East Coast, one lives on the West Coast, you know, airline tickets are expensive, you know, that yeah. there's just prodigal sons and daughters who won't be coming home, divorce. I mean, even families who have experienced divorce this year, and this will be their first Christmas where it doesn't look normal. Yeah. What advice would you give to people who are going to be separated over the holidays? So I think this goes two parts. Um, one for, you know, the people that are in the situation, go back to, you know, being ferocious and jumping in those communities. Absolutely. Try to find uh, the people group that uh, you love being around, find that community, find um, whether it's within church, outside the church, um, small groups, life groups, whatever it might be, find community that's going to be life-giving and um, going after Jesus. The second part of that, though, and I would kind of switch this, uh, switch gears on this a little bit in terms of you know, the people that are in those situations and then the people outside, the people that are outside um, within the church. And even and I'm saying this to us is whenever we see people in those situations, be intentional, be intentional about going after those people, just as ferocious as we're telling people to jump into mm -hmm. community, be ferocious about finding those people that you see those divorcees to find those people that are, uh, uh, those college kids, find those military people. If you see them during that season, go and grab them, bring them in oh, because yeah. there are so many times. And, you know, I, I love Ashley, but while we were uh, deployed, there were times <laughs> where we had, where we had to have some discussions of like, Hey, 
you know, what are you doing? Why, you know, jump into this, do this, do this. And, you know, it's very hard sometimes whenever um, a spouse or a, whether it be a college kid or something like that is in that season and in that moment, um, whether it's pride, shame, whatever it might be, they're not going to want to step out in those steps. So I would say that's where we can be a lot more intentional about going, grabbing people and bringing them in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Sometimes it's just absolutely hard to ask for help, whether that's pride or just, uh, I, I, I can do this. This is my normal role and I can do this role. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it's just hard asking for help. Um, so it is super helpful when people are like, I see this need, I'm going to pull you in and say, hey, what can I do? Um, that's always super beneficial. I saw my mom model that when I was mm-hmm. growing up. We live in Abilene and I've lived here my whole life mm-hmm. and there's lots of college students around yeah. this town. And for many reasons, I'm not going to name them all, but there are a lot of college students who don't end up going home or don't have families to go home to. Um and so I just remember a lot of our Thanksgivings and Christmases mm-hmm. involved extra seats at the table. That's so sweet. And you know what? There are There is always room mm-hmm. for extra seats at the table. Yes. That is and so w- if you are a person who can invite and have, if you have an extra seat at the table, send the invitation. Yes. I mean, they may say no, but send the invitation, yeah. you know, yes. because you just never know the impact that that one invitation, that one day, that may, let's be real. It's maybe not even the whole day, but maybe it's just a couple hours on that day. You have no idea the impact, the eternal impact that that one day, those two hours, those that morning at breakfast or whatever might actually have on an individual. Just, yes. We don't know. That's good. Lasting fruit, though. I mean, we're not in charge of the fruit he is, but when he leads us to take steps of obedience, whew, mm-hmm. don't miss out on the good fruit. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> that that's good. Awesome. Well, thanks, guys, so much. Awesome. Thanks, sir. Mm-hmm. Wasn't that so good? After we wrapped up our recording, I did what I normally do and told them when the episode would drop. Then Ashley explained that today, December 13th, is the day Lance left on his deployment last year. Isn't that crazy? Anyways, I love so much about this conversation, and I hope it's been a source of encouragement for you if you're spending your holidays apart from those you love. The Lord is always enough, and timing and seasons belong to Him. I know I needed that reminder. (laughs) But no matter how you spend your holidays this year, I pray you will experience the measure of grace needed in this season. And before we end the episode today and get back to the rest of our day, I want to say a quick thank you to the men and women who serve in our military, and thank you to your families as well. Thank you for your sacrifice. You know, I'm not quite sure we'll ever be able to understand all the levels of sacrifice like you do because you live it day in and day out. But I do pray Romans 15, 13 over you. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Thanks so much for listening to the Beyond Sundays podcast. We hope you'll have a wonderful day. And remember, God is moving all the time and he's moving in your life too. Beyond Sundays.